0: Welcome to Connected, a podcast about people, ideas, marketing, technology and everything that's good. I'm ASD, a digital man here at Mediacom.
1: Hi, I'm Sue Uniman, Chief Transformation Officer at Mediacom.
0: And joining us over the phone is Ruth Amos. How are you doing, Ruth? Hi, thanks for
2: having me. I'm doing really
0: well. Great to hear. Ruth is an inventor, an entrepreneur and an edutuber. She's Managing Director for Stair Steady Limited, Stair Steady Products and D-R-O-L-S. Uh, How do you manage all of these different activities that you do?
2: (laughs) Um, It's a lot simpler than it seems. In the past, I've had a lot more projects to juggle, Um, but I, yeah, just kind of good diary skills. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't always get it right. Um, It's a real balance sometimes and I've learned over the years of, yeah, sometimes I look at my diary and I think, oh my word, what have I done? but yeah, it's just that balance and kind of trying not to overcommit. I'm getting much better at saying no.
1: <laughs> and you've got, and you've now got a baby to manage as well, yeah. Yeah,
2: yes, yeah, so I've got a
1: four-month-old. Yeah, so um, so how's that? You. I mean, that that's basically that's another full-time job, really, isn't
2: it? Oh, completely, yes. Uh, and it's it's an interesting one because I obviously do a lot of work for myself and manage my own schedule whereas my husband works shifts he's a police officer so we're kind of learning how to juggle yeah. that and child care and all the rest of it so yeah it's um definitely a steep learning curve um and I am yeah I kind of think I wouldn't be able to fit in half the things I used to do <laughs> before having Noah so well, you, you
1: uh, don't, you, before you have kids you have no idea how much spare time you've got right
2: Oh, not at all. No, I mean, I wish I'd have known how much their time I yeah, had before. You would have but... enjoyed
1: it. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah
2: exactly.
1: So, um, t- tell us a bit about your stair study story because it's it's an astonishing one, and and you you're also one of the kind of female leads um, uh, faces as well. So, t- just tell us a bit about the development of stair study into it becoming a business and then creating it as a business with with obviously employees and and tell us tell us your story.
2: So, Stairs to D never really started as a business. Um, it actually came from my GCSE resistant materials project when I was 16. Uh, my teacher's father had had a stroke, and so as a project for my GCSE coursework, my teacher set me the challenge to design something to help his dad stay safe and still be able to use the stairs. Um, a stairlift wasn't suitable, and so he kind of challenged me to come up with you know, a product to help him yeah. um, and at that point I wanted to be a lawyer <laughs> I yeah. had my university course kind of picked out and everything I never thought I would be an engineer or an inventor um, and I yeah I did the, the coursework project just really to get a grade <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and as it started to develop and um, I realized that it was a big problem and kind of came up with a, a I mean, it didn't seem like a very um, big moment, the moment that I came up with the design for stairs because it was such a simple solution. Um, But essentially, it's a specialist handrail that works using friction. So as you walk up the stairs, the rail slides, but if you put any weight on it or you lose your balance, then it will lock in place. And that works both going up and down the stairs. And my teacher saw the product and um, entered me into an engineering competition, which I then went on to win. And as part of that, the product got lots of press and people wanted to buy it. Um, and, yeah, it just kind of spiraled out of control from then. so um patented the product and um, started a business originally just to protect the patent. I'd never run a business. I had no idea about business. Still feel at times I have no idea about business. <laughs> um, and, yeah, just kind of bit by bit took, you know, time while I was doing my A-levels to develop the product to a point where... It could be sold and then launch the product. And yeah, it had lots of very interesting experiences, things that have gone right, things that have gone wrong. Yeah. Um, but essentially, we now sell the product across the UK through a network of mobility dealers. We distribute the product across Europe and we license the product to Canada and America. And hopefully we're about to start licensing in Australia.
1: Amazing. Congratulations. What a story.
2: Thank you. Um, But yeah, when you think back to kind of being in the classroom, there was no, I I didn't have a clue that that was where it would end up and all these other things that would happen from it.
0: Well, if you could go back then to that time when you started, when you invented Stair Study and then when you started your business, what would you do differently now, knowing what you do?
2: Oh, so many things. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I remember at the beginning being very nervous about finance, about borrowing money and about getting investors. And I wish it was something that we'd done slightly earlier. Um, So that's one thing, definitely. Um, I think as well, I didn't really know how it worked, but I kind of felt like we should wait till things were like perfect, but they never are. And I think it took a while for me to realise that actually, um, getting up and starting, you learn what worked and what didn't from that. So actually, I think it took me quite a long time to... Uh, kind of develop the products and get to a point. And I meet lots of other people who have products who maybe haven't even got past the prototyping stage, haven't even priced it up, haven't even talked to potential customers. I think it's very easy for us to kind of hold on to our ideas and not share them with anyone because we think we might lose them. Um, and I definitely think I suffered from that at the beginning of kind of just not understanding how to sell a product. And so just not kind of feeling like I was being stood still, kind of not Moving forwards with it, and I wish I'd kind of started because as soon as I did start to sell, then you realize straight away what works and what doesn't, and the way that you would,
1: you know, run the business really.
0: Really interesting. Um, um,
1: you're, you're a very sought after speaker again. This, you know, looks like it's come naturally to you. Um, what has it? Were you were you always <laughs> kind of fluent and inspirational and all of those things, or 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 did you go through a process of kind of learning that?
2: <laughs> well, I feel the pressure is definitely on now you yeah. said that. And <laughs> um, I used to do a lot of theatre growing up. I oh, so did you? Oh, interesting. Yeah, when I was very you know kind of early teens, um, I did a lot of kind of local theatre and was part of like the National Youth Theatre and that taught me a lot about speaking and presenting and gave me a lot of skills that I still use today. So at 16, when someone said, oh, you know, would you be happy to come and talk at this event?
1: Yeah. Um, I was like, yeah, that
2: sounds great. Like would had the speaking.
1: background. You'd have the training. Mm-hmm. Brilliant.
2: Yeah, and it kind of it just kind of grew from there. And I wouldn't say that at times I'm fluent. I'm pretty sure I'm dyslexic. So at times things make sense in my head and I say them and they don't necessarily. <laughs> yeah, I <heard laughs> um, <that nearly>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but i really enjoy speaking and i find that i learn a lot from hearing from other people's stories it was something that i did when i first started is i would ask a lot of questions i'd talk to a lot of people and even now i'm always intrigued like how did that start like how does that make money like yeah. what's your biggest successes or how did you find that and kind of learning from people's successes and failures and so I really wanted to do that with speaking because sometimes I think people see, particularly with social media, they see the outside and all the shiny stuff. And actually, there's so much more that goes on with that. And yeah, hearing other people's stories for me was a great way of learning and growing. And so it's something that I love to do um, because hopefully then people won't make the same mistakes that I've made.
0: (laughs) That is brilliant. Um, Now, we've already mentioned that you've recently become a mother within the last four months. So, and we, you know... I, I'm very well aware of um, how it, it makes you realise how uh, much spare time you had and how little you have now. But how else has it changed your outlook on life and on work and how you manage your day-to-day?
2: I think some of the things that used to bother and stress me don't really anymore because I see the bigger picture. Um, like what? Think, sorry, go on.
0: Like, like what? What sort of things?
2: Um. Well. There's been a few occasions where, you know, something that I know, you know, a certain email or a deadline would have stressed me before and I'm like, you know, this is something very trivial. There's no point getting worked up about this. Um, Also, I mean, I found it more when I was pregnant, but I would find that there might be situations where people um, who were a little bit toxic. And Mm. I had a few situations where uh, someone that was interested in kind of working with us at that he you know, sent an email, or whatever, and I just thought, no, like, life's too short. I don't want to work with someone who can, who can write their email and send that. Do you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. sometimes it's very easy to kind of realise what is important, um, and then when it comes to just general trying to get work done, um, it does change because, you know, um, he's getting to be four months now, so he does need a lot more um, kind of, stimulation and things going on um the first few months weren't as bad we kind of I took him to a lot of things with me we went to meetings in London and things like that um and my motto is just like give it a go and if it's awful don't do it again (laughs) um so yeah and and sometimes things work and sometimes they don't and I find that if I get too stressed about it then he picks up on that yeah um but it's nice to have all these experiences I'm really lucky that I get to bring him to things so you know we've been to um events at the NEC and we've done bits of filming together and it's just really nice memories to have but it is also ridiculously hard work and I never realised that in quite the same way and anyone that's got multiple children are absolute saints I genuinely Mm (laughs) don't know how people manage it so yeah I have a newfound respect for parents definitely.
1: Um, What's next? I mean you're, you're early to be back at work of course if you probably if you weren't your own boss you might have just stayed out of work for longer
2: yeah I suppose there are a lot of people that I um, yeah that I kind of go to different groups with who are still off work yeah. and um, it's weird because I, I kind of am taking things slightly slower so yeah. I'm taking a bit of time off the me, <laughs> yeah. um, but also I am still working but I think some of that is because that actually makes it less stressful if I wasn't working at all then I think I'd actually be more stressed about it because I'd be wondering what's going on.
1: Because <laughs> I, I, I on understand street. that, and I think there's a bit of a there's a bit of a thing now that that there's now an expectation that a, a, a mother will take twelve months off whether she wants to or not. And I, of course, that's not right either because it's whatever works for you and the baby and the family and the job and all of those things. Exactly. So I I I you know support what you're doing. It's brilliant. Um, uh,
2: But, yeah, and also some of it's quite flexible. So
1: um,
2: I'm able to – some of the bits for Kids Invent Stuff, uh, which is an engineering outreach program that I co-run. You know, there's other people that are able to do bits. I've obviously got kind of keeping in touch days and things like that. So it's kind of just been really – when when I'm working, making the most out of it. And then when I'm not, getting better at switching off completely or – yeah, I have this habit of having my phone on me as well. <laughs> so maybe you know, putting that down and things like that. So but yeah, see, and he's a great excuse to do that.
1: You, you look—you've achieved so much already. Have you got? Have you got big kind of urgent ambitions for for, for next?
2: Um. I really enjoy what we're doing with Kids Event Stuff. So, Kids Event Stuff is designed to, uh, well, it's an education outreach program all around encouraging the next generation of engineers and scientists and innovators. And for me, that's really exciting because I kind of feel like Seth said he came out of that perfect storm. Like, it wouldn't happen. I couldn't go back now and design that. Yeah. Um, it came out of those situations. And it, and it came because I was quite naive and I had no idea how how things were designed or made and in a way that helped me come up with the idea and I'm sure that there are lots and lots of other young people um, because I mean growing up I never saw myself as being an engineer um, that I you know looking back I should have always been an engineer I loved problem solving I love Lego you know my younger sister's an engineer my younger brother's an engineer but I never saw that because I never saw myself within that industry and so The great thing about Kids Invent stuff is it's encouraging that next generation because there'll be lots and lots of other people who are like me who would make great engineers but didn't know it. And if it hadn't been for that teacher and that perfect storm, I probably would be like a practicing solicitor or something (laughs) and probably not enjoying it very much. Um, and there are lots and lots of other people out there who are probably in the same situation who would have made great scientists, great engineers could have invented you know, the next big thing we've got so many problems we need to solve that's and so for true. me I'm, you know, I'm just really keen to encourage those people who are going to solve those, those problems that you know, as a society we currently need to solve pretty quickly
0: <laughs> that's If someone is listening and wants to get their, their kids involved how do they do that?
2: Uh, they can go to the website, which is Kids Invent Stuff, or they can search Kids Invent Stuff on YouTube, and our channel will come up of all our um, past builds and tests. And yeah, so we set, we set a different invention challenge, and five to 11 year olds can send their invention ideas a picture or a video, and then we choose one to build. So we've made things like sneeze activated blazer or helmets, we've raced a giant cake down a hill. We made a giant crossbow zip wire to escape a tower, uh, created a popcorn doorbell, and they're all inventions that were designed by five to 11 year
1: olds. Brilliant.
0: brilliant. On to the questions now we ask all of our guests so we can compare and contrast Ruth. What is your favourite <laughs> line from a poem, a song, or a book?
2: So I couldn't just come up with one. <laughs> well, we're going to um, so give us got them all, or we're going to ask you to choose yeah. one. OK, well, so the first one is, if you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. And it's a line from If by Roger Kipling. Yeah. And the second one is one that I used to use quite a lot when I started uh, speaking. So it's, as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. And that's Marianne Williamson. Um, and both of those have kind of been quite key um Phrases that have kind of stuck in my head along this journey. Brilliant.
0: If you had to choose one, Ruth.
2: Um, probably the as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously yeah. give other people permission to
1: do the same. Absolutely. I think I think that's very important. It took me a long time to understand that as well. Um, okay. If you were a genie, what five commonly available objects would I have to put in a magic circle to summon you?
2: <laughs> so, uh, coffee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something with caffeine, um, a swimming costume. So I used to be uh, swim competitively. So I love the water. Um, a drill, yeah. uh, a MacBook, brilliant. and a piece of Lego. Brilliant.
0: <laughs> brilliant, 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 brilliant. That's really good. So, uh, that's, that's bad, yeah. assuming that all living things are safe, what three objects would you save from your house in a, in an emergency? <laughs>
2: Well, I think first of all would be my MacBook because I would be lost without it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, then probably my phone um, and my coffee machine. <laughs> it says a lot about my need for <laughs> caffeine at the moment. What kind
1: of coffee machine have you got?
2: Uh, I You've do have an espresso. It's not it's not a fancy bean to cup right. thing. It's just a press the button, an right. espresso put in. But I just need caffeine at the
1: moment quickly. <laughs> no, <laughs> Give no, me all the I, caffeine. I understand that. I'm very temp- personally I'm very tempted by the bean to cup thing. I know. I it's me a big too. investment. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I'm it's about an it.
2: investment and it's also I feel like it, it might need a lot of cleaning and looking after and I'm just not sure how I feel yeah, about yeah. that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Um if you could change the industry in one way right now, what would it be?
2: So within engineering, I yeah. think I would want it to be a more supportive place for women and Bane. So yeah. we, we still have a real way to go to get real diversity within all levels of engineering.
0: And then if we were to give you a big billboard, where would you put it and what would it say?
2: Um. I'd probably put it in a city somewhere, maybe Sheffield, maybe somewhere up north probably in a big city. Um and I'm kind of imagining there's one just off Pondsford roundabout, which is like um like an LED one, so it does like it like flicks through, so it's not just a single picture. And I probably want to fill it with different faces of scientists and engineers and then have like a question of like, you know, which one of these is a scientist or an engineer, yeah. and then it kind of scroll through and be like they all are, so kind of showing that diversity and um, that you know the idea that people have in their head of a scientist and engineer is actually completely different in
0: real life.
1: Brilliant! Sounds like a great
0: campaign. Absolutely brilliant, Ruth. Thanks.
1: Thank I you know, anyone wants to do that, get in touch. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Ruth, thank you very much. I've got a lot of energy for for me, for my daughter, for everything. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm really appreciated speaking to you. Thank
2: yeah. you. Brilliant. Cheers. Thanks for having yeah. me. Uh,